Ministries, where our highest priority is making God real in your life. You can visit us online at womanatthewellministries.org. Now sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen our daily walk with Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 8 contains a familiar passage recounting a conversation between Jesus and his disciples. As Jesus traveled with his disciples to Caesarea and Philippi, he asked them, Whom do men say that I am? They answered him, and then he asked them, But whom do ye say that I am? Your answer to this question reveals the intensity of your devotion to God. Join us in this podcast as Kim takes us on a journey through the scriptures, revealing the importance of making sure our life and walk aligns with what we profess with our mouth. Thank you for joining us in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries. Let's pray. Our kind and most gracious to Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come before you. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts and you would open our minds and that we would be open to hear all that you have for us, Lord, and that after we spent this moment in your scriptures, Lord, that we would be transformed more into your likeness. Lord, teach us what you would have us to know. Remove me from these words, I pray, Lord, and just use me as a vessel in which you can flow. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Mark chapter 8, verses 27 through 29, read as this. And Jesus went out and his disciples in the towns of Caesarea, Philippi, and by the way, he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? And they answered John the Baptist, but some say Elias, and others one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? That seems like such a small question, and yet we know that when Jesus speaks it, he is speaking it with great meaning. And when we take a look at the words that Jesus spoke himself, they are always very intentional, and they always produce a purpose, because Jesus is never just doing anything. And it's amazing to me as we begin to look at this and begin to look at our own lives and say, who do we say that Jesus is? I mean, it's easy to go through the facts and to spout them off like our ABCs. I mean, many of us and most people probably listening to this podcast are very churched people. So we could talk about his humble birth. We could talk about it in Luke chapter 2, and we know that he was um, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. There was no room for him in the inn. So we understand that he was of humble beginnings. We could talk about his sinless life, which is what allows him to pay for our penalty of sin when he sheds his blood on the cross of Calvary. Because we see that in 2 Corinthians 5.21, that he was made to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made of the righteousness of God in him and through him. So we can talk about facts that we know. We know about his death, his burial, and his resurrection. We can read about that in Matthew 27 and 28. 
And probably the most quoted and most known verse in all of scripture is John 3.16. And when we look at that from beginning to end and every parts in between, we can talk of his love for us. These are things that we know, but we can know a lot of things that don't change our lives or transform the way that we are. We can know a lot of facts and figures that never have any impact on us. And I believe in this scripture as Jesus is talking to his disciples, he literally is trying to say, who do you say I am by the way that you walk and the way that you talk? What impact has knowing me had on your life? And I'm going to ask that question to us today. Who do we say that Jesus is? Because how we answer that question really does talk about our devotion to him. It really does talk about our love for him. It talks about our loyalty to him. It talks about the impact that knowing him has had on our life. So we know that if our life doesn't show much impact, that means we really don't know him. Because to know Christ is to be a changed individual, to have the Holy Spirit indwell in our lives, teaching us and leading us and guiding us and showing us things that we don't know and helping us to navigate through this world. We are different than those who are not embodied by the Spirit of God. So who do you say that he is? What does your personal life reveal about your personal relationship with Jesus. There's no doubt that every day our life is filled with chosen activities. Daily obligations, those things are characterized by our wants and our desires, and they're all going to reveal who we say Jesus is. If we find our days without ever letting him in, then clearly he's not that important to us because we make time for the things that are important to us. Yes, we have obligations, but we can't even fulfill those obligations adequately or proficiently without the help of Jesus in us. So we as Christians who have learned to walk close to him and learn to ask him for his assistance and to invite him in our days, realize that every situation is made better when we allow Jesus in it and we simply follow. We were not called to direct our lives. We were called to follow Jesus and allow him to direct our lives. So when we set out and begin to navigate through situations, obstacles, and our days without inviting him in, we've stepped outside the will of God because we're now taking the reins. And he said, come follow me. So I wonder if I was to follow you day by day and take a good look at your life, would it lead me to the footsteps of the cross? Would following your day-to-day activities, the things that you make room for, would it give me a glimpse of Jesus? Would I be feasting at the table of the bread of life Would I be communing with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords through prayer? Would I be telling others of who he is and building the kingdom up? Or what if I followed you or you followed me? Would we be tending to the things of the world? 
It's interesting to me how we spend our time, myself included. It's a huge indication of what's important to you. Because when you say to someone, I don't have time to do that, that somehow makes you feel like it's okay. But what you really are saying is, I choose to spend this time doing something else. And when you look at it like that, it changes things. Because when I say to somebody, I don't have time to read my Bible every day, what I'm really saying is I am choosing a plethora of other things that are more important to me than reading his word. We need to feed our souls, and we do that through communing with the Lord in prayer and studying his word and spending time in the word and learning of him and being part of, letting him be part of our lives. But we are very careful, most of us, I believe, in how we dress our outward body. And that's a good thing because it says a lot. It says a lot about who we are and the things that we choose to wear and we choose not to wear and how we are modest or not modest. But the thing that is interesting to me is that we often neglect to dress our soul. And that is something that is going to come back and cause you all kinds of trouble. In the book of Ephesians, in chapter 6, we are giving a whole wardrobe of how we are to dress and how we are to navigate this world, given what God has given us to combat the things of the world. In fact, as we begin to look at verse 10, he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And this is how he tells us to do it. He says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we're not as human beings on our own equipped to face the battles that we are going to face. So he gives us a full spiritual wardrobe that we are more than conquerors, we told in Romans chapter 8. When we put this wardrobe on and follow him, then the wiles of the devil, the wickedness of the world, it has absolutely no, no victory over us. And what's interesting is, is it seems like we are not aware in our minds that this is a truth that is going to happen, that every day we are going to battle. And so we don't get ourselves dressed appropriately in the spirit, and we're not ready to fight the devil, though God has given us everything we need to do so in this armor that he's given us. And so we need to start our days every day in the word of God. We need to be looking at the word and we need to allow the word to penetrate not just our mind, but our hearts so that we are impacted and changed by it. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, he says that the devil walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's that same thing. Every day he's looking to get to you, but the armor of God is going to keep that from happening. But we often just dress our outward body and completely forget about our inward body. And we often forget about fueling our bodies. 
We fuel our physical body, and I am certainly one that doesn't miss that. We make sure that we eat what we need to eat, and, and many of us watch what it is that we should eat, and we make sure that we keep that temple of God that we're talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. We, we make sure that we keep the temple of God ready and, and able to go, but we neglect the food for our spiritual diet. See, the body says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20 that we are to glorify God in our body and in our spirit. So we can't neglect the spiritual body because we have to have Bible study. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15 that we're to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We know that we are to desire the sincere milk of the word that we're told about in 1 Peter. We need to understand that God is wanting to fortify us in our spirit so that we are more than conquerors that we're told about again in Romans chapter 8. So we need to make sure that we have a spiritual diet. And what we're feeding our body spiritually has a lot to say about who we say God is. Because I want to spend time with him to get to know him, to grow in him. I want to make sure that I understand his promises for me, his expectations for me, the, the power and authority that I have in him by the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of me. We need to be very, very conscious of how we grow in the spirit and the might of the Lord. Now, I know many of us, especially in this time, are very exercise-minded, and that is fantastic because, again, we are, we are the temple of God, and we need to maintain our bodies and take good care of it. But 1 Timothy 4.8 says that bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable to all things. So we cannot be running on that treadmill instead of reading the scriptures. We cannot be hanging out at the gym in place of hanging out in the scriptures. It's important that we find a balance and that we, we take care of our bodies but not neglect our spiritual souls because the things that we spend our time on the things that we spend our money on, the places we put our energy are going to be what shows everybody around us and the truth of what's important to us. So priorities is what matters most. The things that we prioritize are what matters most. And when we look in Matthew chapter 6, verses 20, verse 21, which this is worth taking a good look at, in Matthew 6, chapter Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, he says this, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He also repeats this in Luke chapter 12, verse 34. So what are the things that you value most? That's going to show the people around and God and be the truth to what is most important to you. Is it your job? Or are the things, the things that you own? Are you working double time, triple time, weekends, neglecting your family, neglecting your, the word of the Lord, neglecting the house of the Lord so that you can buy more things, so that you can satisfy your flesh? There's nothing wrong with having things, but we have to have a priority. 
We have to have the things that matter most to us to be the things that point us towards God, the things that make us grow closer to God, the things that give us a closer walk with him. We need to realign our priorities with the priorities that God has set forth in the word of God. He has to be God. He says, I am a jealous God. You'll have no other gods before me. And so when someone asks you this question, whom do you say that I am? I hope that you have words that can clearly articulate who God is. But I pray even more earnestly that the walk you walk matches and aligns perfectly with the words that you're saying. And so that all those people around you who you may never get to speak actual words to about who God is can see that God is first and primary in your life because you are a living testimony and your personal relationship with Jesus Christ may be the only Bible that some people ever read and you must get it right so that those around you can see that there is a risen Savior who loves them and there is a reality in serving him. So my charge for you today is this. Whom do you say that he is? I pray that your life and my life reflects the presence of a Holy Spirit who loves us, leads us, guides us, and comforts us, and a loyalty and devotion to a risen Savior who died to set us free. Thank you all for joining us today in this program of Woman at the Well Ministries. We pray that it has been a blessing to you, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our website or our Facebook page. You can find us at watwm.org and at facebook.com watwm, where you will find devotions and many additional Bible resources to enhance your personal walk with God. Woman at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. If you would like to partner with Women at the Well Ministries, please visit our website at watwm.org. We would like to thank the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us play their hit song, Happy Girl. Greatly appreciate your prayers. Know that we pray for our listeners. Remember that God loves you, and you are loved. Girl
happy girl